Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastor Charlie here with uh, Pastor Eric. We just want to welcome you to our service. We pray that the Lord is with you and that you are in a comfortable position right now to watch and worship with us. Pastor Eric? Yeah, and today's a special day. It's Father's Day. So uh, be sure to thank whatever the father figure is in your life, whether it's your dad, your grandfather, your uncle, a big brother, uh, or just a man who's mentored you and you look up to in your life. We want to thank you so much for all you've done and for all you dads out there and father figures. Continue to encourage the people that God has placed into your life to follow and love like Jesus did. Let's worship together. Yes, let's worship together. Do you want to pray us in? No, man, you go ahead. Okay, I'll all do right. it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We ask that you would touch and put a blessing on all fathers and all father figures. Lord, we ask that you would bless this service, Lord. We ask that you will bless the people that are joining in with us and watching from afar and some from near. Lord, we ask that your presence be with us all and that you be glorified in this service. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's Amen. worship. Let's worship. There you go. Hey kids, Pastor Ricky, back at it again with another Kids Challenge for today. Uh, we are in our series called Epic, um, and we're learning about how the Israelites in their wilderness journey, God, through that journey and through various things that they experienced, helped to develop epic faith. And so let's jump into it again with our friends, Carl and Cassie. And so if you have your brothers and sisters with you, join around the TV as we jump in with our friends once again. Hi there, you little chicken nuggets. It's me, Carl, and this week it's going to be epic. We got some exciting stuff happening, so get ready. Welcome to Grow TV. Introducing your host, Carl. And your co-host, Cassie. Where we learn, where we grow, and we talk about Jesus. Once again, welcome to Grow TV. Well, welcome. I sure did miss you guys, like a lot. <laughs> the past week I've done a lot of reading. I read a story in the Bible that you wouldn't believe. There was action. There was secrecy. I have a secret. <laughs> and there was triumph. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I won! <laughs> you love me. You really love me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah! Yes! Yeah! I'm telling you, the story had it all, and it got me excited. Because this week's series is all about epic. And if I had one word to describe the story I read, <laughs> it would be epic. Hey, Carl. Hey, Cassie. I was just talking about this week's story. What's the story? Oh, man. It was great. It was the ultimate superhero story. A classic feel-good action drama. There's this lady named Rahab, right? And this lady made a lot of bad choices in her life. And outside the city, Joshua gathered two Israelite men who'd sneak into Jericho and spy on the city. Why would they do that? Well, because God told them to. 
Okay, keep going. This is a good story so far. <laughs> it really is. So the spies snuck into the city, and when it became nighttime, they went to Rahab's house to spend the night. Was Rahab an Israelite? Nope. She didn't know the spies, but she did let them stay. But someone did see the spies go into her house, so they told the king of Jericho that the spies were hiding in Rahab's house. Oh no, she's gonna get in trouble. Yep, so in the morning, the officials went to her house, knocking on the door looking for the spies. What did Rahab do? Well, when Rahab found out that the king knew, she hid the spies on the roof and told the officials, yeah, they were here, but they left. Well, that was a close one, but it's actually kind of cool, because she probably saved their lives. She sure did. So Rahab let the spies escape through her window, but before they went, she only asked one thing. What did she ask? She asked if they would save her and her family when the Israelites took over Jericho. The spies said yes and told her to tie a scarlet ribbon outside her window. This would be a reminder of their promise to her and a symbol of her family being saved. Wow, that is a great story. So what do you think the lesson to be learned is? Are you serious? <laughs> that was obvious. Ha, I'm gonna become a superhero. Wait, what? I'm gonna be a superhero. The most epic superhero ever. How did you come to that conclusion? Pretty simple. Rahab was a person who made a lot of bad choices. Right. And then when she saw the opportunity to help someone, she did. And she risked her life and the life of others to do the right thing. And guess what? What? So I was reading the Bible today, and in Hebrews 11, there's a thing called the Hall of Faith. It's like the Hall of Fame, but for people who obey God. Okay, who was in the Hall of Faith? Well, Moses, Nehemiah, Noah, Ruth, Abraham, and guess who else? Batman? No, but that would be cool. It was Rahab. Really? Yep, that's even more confirmation that I'm destined to be a hero, save the innocent, and take risks so I too can be in the Hall of Faith. Wow, that seems like a pretty big dream. I know, but that's what God has called me to do. Is it though? I think so. I don't know, Carl. I think God is calling us to do something else. Well, what do you mean? I just think God has a pretty simple plan for us. Do you remember last week's big idea? You mean I can trust God? Yep. Why do you think Rahab risked her life to save those spies? I don't know. Maybe she wanted to be in the Hall of Faith? She wanted to be admired as a superhero who saves people? Nope. Rahab did that because she realized God is real, and she wanted to put her trust in God that day. She realized that taking a risk for God is a risk worth taking. Wow! I never thought about it like that before. So you're saying I need to take risks for God? Yep, we will often be faced with situations that require us to take risks, to do things that are tough or scary. But it's okay, because if God asks us to do something, we know God will be with us. Things are tough and scary, huh? Will a skydiving count as taking a risk for God? I don't think so. What about going up behind a horse and pinching it? Definitely not. What about drinking chunky lemon milk that's been in the fridge for four months? That's taking a risk, right? Definitely a risk, but not one for God. All right. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I think the story of Rahab is a really good example of what someone should be willing to do if they love God. Just like if we had a friend at school that might be in trouble, we know we would help them, even if it meant we would get in trouble. You're right. I can still be an epic superhero, as long as I take risks for God. Whoa, Mr. Hall of Faith. I think you just said something pretty epic. Wait, that's our big idea! Today's big idea is, I can take risks for God. So on the count of three, we're all gonna shout our big idea. Ready? Ready. One, two, three. I, I can, can take risks for God! All right! Good job, we did it, everyone! Huzzah! This was a fun story. <laughs> it sure was. Now I'm gonna go and practice my superhero catchphrases in the mirror. Have a good one.
Thank you for watching and tune in next week for a new episode of Road So today in our Bible lesson, just as Carl and Cassie introduced for us, there was this lady named Rahab, and Rahab was a sinner. She had different issues, right? Like all of us, right? We, we do bad things at times. Um, but at the same time, uh, she was able to take a risk for God, right? And at the time, she wasn't uh, a believer, but we see in the story that she came to believe in God. It says in uh, Joshua chapter 2 verse 11 that and this came out of her mouth she said the Lord your God is the God who rules in heaven above and on the earth below so she confesses to the two spies hey listen I've heard about your God he is amazing and powerful and so she had come to believe in their God and not only that she was willing to after that um, to hide the spies and keep them safe and that was an act of faith and she took a risk for God right and so that story tells us and shows us that we can take risks for God. And what is a risk? Uh, Carl and Cassie mentioned it a little bit, but a risk is something that is tough or scary that we do, right? Anything tough or scary that we do. And for our lesson today, anything tough or scary that we do for God, right? And so, hey, you might not be hiding spies anywhere in your house or anything like that, but God might have you do something tough or scary for him, right? There are moments where we need to speak up um, for those who are being uh, um, uh, being bullied or someone is being mean to them, right? And uh, God might have us in that moment defend that person and speak up, right? And uh, defend them because that's what Jesus would do. And that might be tough or scary in that moment, but God might have you do that. Um, or God might have you uh, correct one of your friends. Maybe they said something uh, bad or maybe you see them doing something bad and they might need you to lovingly correct them or challenge them. And so that might be something that could be tough or scary, but God promises that when we do those things that it pleases him. And so that might be one of the things. Or, hey, sometimes we do uh, bad things or maybe we just need to say um, and say something uh, truthful or be honest in that moment. And we're afraid that, hey, we might get in trouble. Someone might be offended. We might lose somebody's trust. But that's what God might want us to do in those moments. And so that could be tough or scary, but God would have you do that and it pleases God. And so those are uh, some ways that we can take risks for God. But um, spend some time with God and, and ask God, hey, God, what is a way that I can take a risk this week um, and 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 be surprised at what God shows you but also trust that uh, God will lead you in that and God will be with you as you take those risks for God and so guys I hope that you're encouraged this morning by um, learning about the spies in Rahab and that you're encouraged and motivated to take a risk for God whatever that may look like um, I'm gonna pray for us and then I will see you guys next week as always Father God, thank you so much for our friends um, that are listening. God, thank you so much for the story of Rahab and the spies, God, and that we learn that uh, we can trust you for who you are, God, and believe in you, but we can also, uh, from that faith, um, we can take a risk for you, God. I know that sometimes things can be tough or scary that you might ask us to do, but God, I pray that you would remind us that you're with us when we do those things. And so God, show us ways that we can take risk for you even this week, God, um, and help us to trust that you'll be with us in those moments. God, we pray for this morning's sermon, Father God, that it would encourage us, it would convict us, it would challenge us, um, but God, that we would draw closer to you um, as a result. God, we love you. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Friends, thanks so much for listening. As always, I love you guys, and I will see you next Sunday. Peace. Praise the Lord. That was such a great worship experience, right? Now we are still in worship. This is a part of the worship service in which we all can participate in. This is the time of giving. This is the time that we would do something for the Lord because of all he's done for us. We can give to three different churches. Roxborough Church, Wissahickon Church, and Watershed Church. We welcome you in our service, and now we welcome you in our giving as we give unto the Lord. So we want you to take this time to pray for a second and ask the Lord, what should you give? And let him lay something on your heart. And whatever the Lord lays on your heart, we ask that you would look at any of the, um, the, the advertisements below and how to give. And you can click on any of the links to give to the church of your desire. Whatever the Lord is calling you to do at this moment, do it. Give unto the Lord. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we ask that you would bless this offering and this tithes, Lord. We ask that you would use it for your glory, Lord Jesus. Give back to your people, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Lord, give them an experience of giving, Lord. And Lord, give them an overflow of your joy in the process. Because you said that you love a cheerful giver. And so, Lord, you, we ask that you would bless, heal, deliver, and use these funds for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey friends, I'm so excited to be back with you one more time to share another message as we enter into this new three-part series. And today I want to I talk to us about what does it mean to hear God speak or the, uh, to address the question of does God still speak to us? So as you prepare your hearts for that, I'd ask you as well to open the, open the Word of God with me. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in the 10th verse. This is what it says. It says, The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is Paul's address to the church in Corinth, and I think today we're gonna help, that's going to help us to understand a little bit more about how God still speaks to us. Would you pray with me as we prepare for the word? Father God, we thank you that you are teaching us things now. We pray, Lord God, that in the midst of this message, Lord, that your voice would be the primary. God, we pray that what we remember coming out of this would be what you have instructed us, how you have uh, shaped our hearts, our minds, and readied us for action. Oh, Father God, we invite you to continue to speak in the midst of this message. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember when I went off to college. Um, now, this was a long time ago for those of you who are following along. I went off to college back in the 1990s. That's kind of hard to think about. Many of you might not even have been alive yet. But when I went off to college, uh, I remember my mom giving me this thing that looked like a credit card. It wasn't a credit card, but it looked like one. And it had a bunch of numbers on it. And it was a phone card. 
and I could use that card. And my mom gave me specific instructions about when to use that card. Now, I could have used that card to call anybody, I'm sure. Um, it had a few dollars on it that I could have used. By the way, back then, phones had like slots where you had to put coins in them. Or you had to dial numbers to charge those coins to somebody else. So I could have used that card to call anybody, I suppose. But my mom was very specific to say, use this card to call me. And, uh, and then I, I could remember when I did not call often enough. My mom, when I would see her, when I would come home on breaks or something, she would say, you know, it's been a little while since I've heard from you. Matter of fact, just the other day I went to visit my mom and uh, she only lives a couple of blocks away. And while I was visiting my mom, she said, you know, it's so good to hear from you again. And it rung back in my mind that story. You know, that story of how important it is to to hear someone's voice, how important it is to, to connect to someone. Well, I imagine for many of us, we wrestle with the question of how do I connect to God? How do I hear his voice? If this relationship with God is the most important thing in my life, what do I do in times where it just feels like distance or silence? Or maybe even this, I don't even know that I've ever heard God. Imagine some of you out there are wrestling with things like that today. The Bible talks about things like revelation. It talks about like the, uh, the, the understanding and illumination that comes, the, the greater sense of understanding that comes as we know God, as we come to know God, as we study through the Word of God, as we grow in our relationship with God. Well, it also points to this idea that, um, that there's a response to coming to know or to hearing or, or, or to receiving this revelation. And that response is, is action-oriented. It's, it's, it's come, it's seek, it's learn, it's grow, and it's go. It's you're equipped to go, to respond, to act in behalf of or in response to. God reveals himself in many ways through the Scripture. And uh, everything from like showing up and in still and quiet places to like bushes that catch on fire but don't really burn to the presence of God being there uh, in in um, in the Old Testament God was kind of carried in the presence of the ark and in all these different ways we experience the the presence of God but but God didn't stop showing up when Christ came to the cross. God didn't stop speaking when he, uh, when he spoke about his son being baptized. God didn't stop speaking when he visited the early church and the forms of the Spirit and, and, and the fire from heaven fell and, and, and the voices of one another was, was understandable in languages that were very distinct. It's not like God stopped those things. So where do we hear and where do we see God now? How is it that we experience God speaking? Well, let me, let me first explain this. There's this concept called common grace. And common grace is this understanding that it is available to everyone. Right? Like, for a minute, just do this with me. Take a really deep breath. Like, breathe it in. Like, make your lungs expand. That deep breath that you just took is an expression of God's common grace. 
You know, without that, without that, that oxygen around us that we can breathe in and breathe out, we don't live. And that availability to that is true for all of us is an expression of the grace of God that is available to all of us. You know, it's not just that. I was, it was the other morning. I, I was I got up early and and it, for for some uncanny reason, I woke up before the sun came up. And as I was sitting and I was looking out the blinds, I, I saw the sun rising, kind of coming up, and then it started to peek through the blinds. And I was reminded, wow, God, like that's a gift for all of us. That's available to all of us. You could go on from there, water the drink, food to eat, rain to saturate the ground. Uh, all of these things are available to those of us who know God and to those of us who don't yet know God. That's that common grace. It doesn't save us. That common grace isn't salvific. But that common grace is an expression from God. It's God's I love you. To all mankind, to all of us. Life as we experience it today is far better because of that common grace, because of that common expression from God to each of us. But there's a grace beyond that. There's this understanding and knowledge of, of who God is and, a, and an invitation into a lifelong relationship with God. Matter of fact, might I say an eternal relationship with God. And that expression of God's grace is exclusive to everyone who would receive the gift of God. It's available to us all, but it's exclusive to each of us who would receive the gift of God. Now you say, Pastor Ray, I thought you were going to talk to us about the fact that God still talks to us and I am I want to acknowledge that every one of us has seen the grace of God in some form and that was the voice of God speaking to you when you took that breath in a few minutes ago with me you experienced the grace of God in some form and that is a reminder to you and to me that God the creator that our father that he loves us that he continues to expound his grace upon us. The voice of God is still active. God's word from the very beginning of this book. If you go all the way back to Genesis and you start walking from beginning to end. God's word is a storyline with only one hero. There's one champion in the story. It's not me. It's not you. It's him. From the very beginning, God is the hero of the story. He is the one who has the ability and actually will win the day. 
He is the one who we are, we're introduced to in the garden that we are, that we're invited to walk with. He is the one that we're introduced to in Revelation and we're invited to be restored to the eternal kingdom with. It is God from beginning to end who is the champion, the hero of the story. So let me say this. The hero of the story still speaks to us today. Here's how. The most common way that we experience it in a relationship with God is through the Word of God. As we read and we study the Word of God, we learn more and more about, about who God is and about, about uh, the, the, the reality of God's nature. We learn what we can expect of God. Not because we get to put expectations on him, but because we learn about who he is and that his nature doesn't contradict him. That, that, he, that he is in agreement, that everything he does is in agreement with his character. And so we, we, we have built-in expectations of who God is and what God does simply because he's revealed himself through the word of God. Then we also learn this. We learn that God is not foreign to us. He's not distant from us. Matter of fact, as we engage with God in a life-giving relationship, God, the Word of God says that He comes to live within us. If you were to look with me at Ephesians chapter 2, this is what it says, starting in the 19th verse. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but now you're fellow citizens with God's people and you're members of, the God, of, of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Now listen to this in verse 22. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The craziest thing happens when we say yes to the invitation that God gives us. He comes and he lives. He dwells within us. He dwells around us. He, he, find, he, is a, he, he saturates our relationships. He is fully in those who are fully given to him. Friends, I guess what I'm saying is this. God's voice is still present and it is most available first through the word of God and then through the people of God. Because the word of God, God himself, Logos, Jesus, dwells within us. Have you thought about that for a moment? Have you thought about the reality that one of the major ways that God speaks today is through the people of God? That you are the voice box for our heavenly father. That you have the invitation and the opportunity to speak on behalf of the Holy One. But it's not just you that is speaking. It's the Spirit of God speaking for you and through you. You see, God living within us continues to work in and through us. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 gives us a special word for this. 
Paul was talking to the church, to the church in Corinth again, and this is his second visit with them. And in this letter to them, he says he, he gives some instruction specifically about how they should live now as maturing Christians. And in chapter six, he begins to talk about um, what our relationships look like outside of ourselves and our immediate church. And one of the instructions he gives is a word of caution about how deeply entwined we become with those who don't yet know God. Now let me say this. He is not saying that we should not have relationships with people who don't know Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus himself displayed the importance of having relationships with those who don't yet know him. But Paul is indeed giving us a word of caution about the level of influence we give to someone who is not in walking in a relationship with Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says to the church, he says, Do not be yoked together with an unbeliever. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can the light have with the darkness? You know, when I uh, first came to know Jesus, I had a, uh, a pastor in my life, a youth pastor in my life, who, who just, he, I mean, he mentored me and discipled me. He, he showed up in my life every day. And, and one of the things that he did is he began to weed people out of my life. And, I, you know, I, when I was a young guy, I didn't, I didn't understand why. I didn't get it. And, uh, and, and he, didn't, you know, he didn't scatter all my friends. But there was, there was some folks in my life at the time that he just like, you need space from here. And he just began to fill that space. Like he would himself show up in the times when I would naturally hang out with these other people. And, and I found myself gravitating towards the, 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 the young guys and young girls in my youth group and, and, and toward other people who I knew who knew Jesus. And, and that kind of became my inner circle. That became my, my trusted core. Even to this day, you know, I, I've got friends, uh, you know, it's my, my, I hope that's not a surprise to you. And, and matter of fact, I, Maybe you're one of them, and if not, I'd like you to be one of them. But I've got a couple of friends, and, and, but my inner core, my, my, my closest guys, are people who I know are significantly walking with Jesus. And one of the reasons why they're my closest guys is because I trust them to both hear the word of God themselves, to hear the voice of God themselves, but I also trust them to reveal the nature and the character of God in my life. They've got open rights. They call me and ask me important questions and they, 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 they share with me things that they're learning and things that they're learning that, that might influence the way that I'm walking and, and they see something that's out of line with, with, who, God is, with who God is creating me to be and, and, they, and they help me align myself to it, realign myself to what God wants. I mean, they are, very practically speaking, they are the voice of God in my life because they're the people of God and where the people of God are, the presence of God is. And so if you're sitting there today and you're saying, man, like, I just feel like God is silent. One of the questions I want to ask you is, who are you trusting? Who are the people around you who, who, are, who are showing up as the people of God, whose voice represents the holiness of God, who are sharing with you the things that they're learning in God and, and offering you words of encouragement and correction as God himself? Like, who are these people who you've invited into the holiest places of your life? You might be thinking to yourself, Pastor Ray, I don't have that. Well, let me just say this. Our three churches together here on, on this, on this uh, platform and here, here through the, these services, 
We desire nothing more than to invite you, to invite us to be those people in your life. If you don't have a place where you're hearing the word of God, if you don't have a, a group of people who are, who are sharing with you an intentional relationship, the truths and the realities of what God is saying and doing, then we want to invite you. When this is over, click one of those links. Email one of the pastors. Reach out to us on social media. Let us know that you're looking for that. Because I can tell you this. And I can tell you this because the word of God says this. That we need to be tied together with the people of God. It doesn't end there, though. And this is where I want to land today. You know, a lot can be said about how we listen for God to speak. And a lot can be said about how we study the word of God. And a lot can be said about the people that we surround ourselves with to, to offer us godly character. But there comes a moment when every one of us needs to be able to respond to God. We need to take action. And let me just say this to each one of us today. And maybe it's just a confession of my heart. We as a church, locally, regionally, nationally, and globally, have been too slow to respond. And if you're sitting there today, and you're thinking to yourself, this is the last time I can watch a Sunday service, then I want to say this to you as clearly as I can. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we haven't responded sooner, that we haven't responded more faithfully. And please don't, please don't confuse the lack of response or the slow response of ours with the heart of God. God's heart broke in the moment. For some of us, we were just slower to respond. And that's not exclusively true for what's going on racially driven in our nation today. That is comprehensively true for every time the church has seen, has witnessed, has, uh, has seen, or has been complicit in injustice. If it breaks the heart of the Father, my feet need to move faster. If it burdens the people of God, then the people of God need to respond quickly, intentionally and faithfully to the word of God. So if you've been hurt, and specifically, if we as the church have not come alongside of you during this time, then please receive from me, from on behalf of Pastor Eric and Pastor Charlie and all of our churches, the sincere apology. The apology isn't enough. You see, James, the brother of Jesus, said this in James chapter 1, verse 22. He said, 
Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Instead, do what it says. And so, friends, I want to invite you, join with us as we seek to respond to the brokenness in the world around us. Join with us as we seek to respond to the great needs of our community. Join with us as we seek to respond even to the needs within our church. The action that we will take as a church will be action that is representative of God. It will be an action that responds to the word that says to the world that God is still at work, that he is still speaking, that the king still sits on the throne, that the invitation is still available and that God himself is not satisfied with the injustice that exists both within the church and around the church locally, nationally and globally. And so we've had enough. We as the people of God will respond so that the people around us know that our God cares, that our God saves, and that our God, the redeeming, reconciling God, wants to be a part of of eradicating the injustice that we still see. Yeah, my God speaks. And the main thing he's saying today is, It's time for the people of God to be people of action. I heard this great testimony about a police officer named Jonathan Weiss. He's a police officer in San Diego. And uh, just recently, he was uh, on a call from the, he, he he received a call that there had been a car that had gone over a cliff. And he was uh, approaching the scene when he realized where the, where the car had gone over the cliff. He jumps out of his car and he runs to the edge of the cliff and he looks down and he realizes it's a 30-foot drop. In that moment, his first response was to run and jump over the cliff into the water to seek to save whoever was in the car. He immediately remembered that in his car, he had a tow rope. And so he ran back to the car and he pulled out the tow rope and he wrapped it around his car and he rappelled down the side of the cliff. Releasing the tow rope, he launched himself into the water to find two two two-year-old twin girls and their father immersed in the water. He broke open the windows and pried open the door and pulled all three of them out. Swimming them back to the rope, he attached the two girls into a basket at the end of the rope, at which point they were pulled up to the top of the cliff. Finally, when when he himself gets gets himself and, and, and the father back to the top of the cliff, they find the two girls and one of them is uh, is doing okay, but the other one is slow to respond. She had been in the water for a little too long. And as they begin to do CPR and, 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 and to the miraculous nature of God, her body responds. What's realized in that moment was that if, if Officer Weiss had not responded as quickly as he did when he saw that, that awful situation, that this two-year-old girl would not have made it. My friends, I'm going to say this as clearly as I can today. 
as we see things that break the heart of God. Let's be like Officer Weiss. Yeah, it might mean jumping over the cliff, diving into the water, sacrificing a whole lot. But it just might save someone's life. I believe that God is still on the throne. And I believe that God is still speaking. And I believe when Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, when James wrote to the early believers, that we're called to listen to the voice of God, to study the voice of God in the word of God, and to respond as the people of God. Church, together, the holy people of God, let's respond. Matter of fact, let's respond right now. Pastor Charlie's going to come up in just a minute, and he's going to pray a prayer of response. And I invite you to join with us together, corporately. Matter of fact, I invite you right where you're at, wherever you're watching this, stand to your feet and respond to the prayer that Pastor Charlie offers. Reiterate those words that he prays, that they would be true for you and true for me. And then this week, let's be the people of God who run, run into action, responding to the things that we see that are breaking the heart of our Heavenly Father. Pastor Charlie, would you lead us in prayer? Praise the Lord, everyone. Such an awesome and powerful Word of God. That Word of God is so enriched in us that we need to be doers of that word, not just hearers of that word, but we need to respond to that word and we need to do it at a time, at a fashionable time so that people will see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. So if you can just repeat after me and say this prayer, say, Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive me that I have heard your word before and didn't respond. Father, give me the wisdom and the strength and the desire to respond, Lord. Be spontaneous and moving according to your good and perfect plan. That we will do the will of God and be lights in the dark place. Let us fulfill our purpose in God. And that we will grow in Christ through his word and grow others to his word and in his word. If you said that prayer with me, then I believe that there will be a change like never before in your home, in your community, our city, our state, and our nation. Just continue to do what the word of God encourages us to do. Stand strong on his word. Amen. Thank you, Ray, for that powerful message. And, you know, some of you need to respond right now. Um, Some of you are hearing from God. Maybe not audibly, but in your hearts and your souls, you're hearing that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Some of you maybe are officer-wise, and God is calling you to action today. Maybe there's a person who God wants you to tell about his son, Jesus Christ. Maybe there's someone 
who you need to forgive and you need to pick up the phone right now. Maybe there's someone who you need to ask for forgiveness and you need to pick up the phone right now and say, hey, I'm sorry, forgive me. Maybe there's something or some way that God wants you to love your fellow man, your fellow woman, and you need to stop. You can just push stop right now in the recording and go do whatever it is that God is calling you to do. Some of you are like the man who drove off the cliff and you're in need of rescue. What would it be like if Officer Wise jumped into the ocean and went to save this man and pulled him out of his vehicle and the man fought and refused to be saved, but rather stayed in the car and drowned to his death? We would all say, wow, that just doesn't make any sense. Well, I believe right now with all my heart that the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you right now and saying, I want to save your soul. You know, the Bible tells us that it is appointed once for man to die and then for the judgment. You see, we've all sinned. I've sinned. You've sinned. And because we've sinned, we fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. In other words, we deserve eternal punishment because of our sins. But the Bible doesn't stop with the wages of sin is death. It goes on to say that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So right now, if you hear God's Spirit speaking to you saying, Come, I want to encourage you to do that. Don't fight it. Don't resist it. Allow Jesus Christ to save you. It's really simple. It's as simple as ABC. A, you need to admit to God that you're a sinner. B, you need to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that God rose him from the dead three days later. And C, you need to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says that if you confess Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. I guarantee you, I promise you, on the authority of the word of God, if you do that, God will save your soul and you will be eternally his for all of time. So will you do that today? And look, if you've done that, if you have questions about doing that, or you want to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, man, we would love to rejoice with you in that decision. There's some links below here for emails, or you can direct message us through whatever platform you're watching this right now, and let us know. Reach out to us. We would love to praise God that he saved your soul, and we would love to walk alongside with you and show you what it's like to live and to love the way Jesus did, and to be a person who doesn't just hear the word, but does the word. Praise God. God be with you. God bless you. God keep you. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.